0: you figured out the algorithm, you cracked the code, so share your results. And it's like, no, this is not like a geometry quiz. Like, you know, <laughs> It would be nice if it had been like that you know, yep, for right. many people, but it's just, it's so much more dynamic than that.
1: So how, is it wrong? I feel like this is reasonable. <laughs>
2: Sometimes it's like, I'm like Lord, Why? You know, this is so hard by myself. And and then I think like it would be easier to have someone to share the burden with because I know, you know, that partnership was how one of the reasons that God created the Institute of Relationship Marriage is...
3: Bottom line is for people to be devoted to the Lord and trusting Him for whatever comes.
1: Welcome to the Patterns of Truth podcast. The a place for casual discussion of biblical principles and difficult questions that face the Christian believer. We believe that the Bible can speak to today's issues, giving us the wisdom and the courage we need for our lives. We are so glad that you are joining us, and you can always find us at PanelsOfTruth.org.
0: welcome thanks for joining us again at the patterns of truth podcast i'm patricia your host for today and this episode is called desperate for the right person and yes we will be dealing with the topic of dating courting matchmaking marriage all of the above that's related to finding a lifelong companion as a christian this is a topic people continue to be fascinated with you know myself as well because of the possibility of true love the excitement the struggle, heartbreak. The recovery, the love songs that seem to capture everything we're feeling, you know, and then there's the part where we talk about our preferences, desires, and what we say we need in a partner. And even as we're going through that process, I think the Lord leads us to uncover some things about ourselves and our relationship with him. Like everything else in our lives, God cares about how we go about finding the right person whatever that means, and how we live if that journey results in marriage. As always, we're trying to seek out the pattern that God has established for us. We want to take a second look at what we think we know about the Christian life and see what the Bible actually says. The point is to better navigate and find a pattern for the reason why we live our lives before God. Today, I'm here with Krista. Hello. And Roy.
1: Hello, everyone. Peter. How's it going?
0: And our new guest for today, Alisa. Hi, good to be here. All right, so the title of the episode is called Desperate for the Right Person. How does everybody feel about this topic? Doesn't matter if you're married, single, however long it was. How do you feel about this topic in general? Desperate for the right person. Got to start with Peter.
1: You have to start with me. Okay, so... <laughs> because
0: you, can't, you came up with the title. and You said it to me. So I was like, oh, well, okay, go for it, Peter.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... Um... I'll start with saying that when we were trying to prepare for this recording, I mentioned how at the beginning, my thought process about, you know, finding a soulmate. And often we hear this word in a negative connotation, desperate. He's desperate or she's desperate. Um, But uh, I started to change my mindset in a sense, that's good. In fact, we should all as believers try to be desperate or desire um, with passion to find the right person that the Lord has for us. And not just, you know, be, um, uh, I guess, uh, take it lightly, uh, just finding a soulmate. Because it's a, it's a big thing. It's, a, it's an important finding the right person it can still be fun and exciting. Um, but you know, it's, it's okay. It's good to be desperate. So that's, that's where it started from.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right, Roy, what about you after a long time of marriage? How do you feel about being desperate for the right person?
3: (laughs) Well, the whole topic is a bit strange to me. Um, I've been married, (laughs) (laughs) Pam and I've been married, uh, 50 years now. And, um, There's been a lot of interesting things happen in our marriage, including the five children that we have and all that goes with that. So um, I don't know about the desperate thing. I think, (laughs) as probably will come out in this podcast, the really bottom line is for people to be devoted to the Lord and trusting him for whatever comes.
0: All right, Elisa, what about you? Desperate for the right person? How do you feel? Um,
4: I agree with Roy. (laughs) 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 Actually, I'm um, yeah, it's it's an interesting topic for me, because as soon as I got married, which is about eight years ago now, um, everyone, well, not everyone, but young women, especially a few of them started asking me, so how do you uh, find the right? Person, as if I was supposed to be the, the automatic expert because I had managed to get married, I guess. Um, so it, and really every situation is so different than that it's a difficult topic to just sort of give a broad like answer to. I think um, this is something, um, I mean, I think it's good that we're talking about it, but it's also really important to um, kind of uh, find a mentor and find hmm. good godly people that who, who know you personally um, to help you with the particular questions and the particular circumstances that you have. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not really how I feel, but that's what I think about this. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I totally get it because I think it's what the question of like, well, you figured out the algorithm, you cracked the code. So share your results. And it's like, no, this is not like a geometry quiz. Like, you know, It would be nice if it had been like that you know, yep, for right. many people, but it's just, it's so much more dynamic than that. You know, Krista, what about you? When you think about this title, Desperate for the Right Person, what comes to mind? I
2: think that there are, I think, stages in your life where you do, do feel desperate. You know, I've been single- well, I'm only going to go back to the last 12 years, but I've been single for the last 12 years. And, and, um, at first it was hard. And then you learn to be content and then you learn to just love the life that the Lord has given you. And there are moments where you are, for me, like where loneliness creeps in and then there's that like, uh, desperation feeling, you know, I think that, um, I don't know. I think I, I agree with Elisa and Roy that our focus, our focus, sometimes it has to change and not just be on ourselves, but on what the Lord has
0: for us. Yeah. So then, so then, thinking about that, right? I think we can have those moments where the experience may be desperate feelings if if people have experienced like maybe singleness a little bit longer than they wanted to, or maybe they did it, maybe. They're just like, oh my goodness, I can't like I'm interested in this person. they don't like me. they like this other person and they feel a sense of frustration. In the moments where that sense of frustration is like at its height, what do we think triggers it? Is it like our internal like is it our flesh saying like I'm missing out on something I deserve this and I'm mad about it or is the enemy coming to us or do we see something I know for me, like if I was listening, I don't know, watching something on TV and it was like Valentine's month. <laughs> of movies it was like everyone seems to just figure this thing out and you know i serve the god of the universe and i can't seem to figure this out what's going on you know sometimes the world you know there's intrusive thoughts that come in from the world so where do we start with that
3: you know you made an interesting comment you serve the god of the universe you're hmm. not the god of the universe though
0: i'm not so nice. how do you
3: know <laughs> you know? So yeah. that's that's yeah. where trust in the Lord has mm-hmm. to be the bottom line. Mm-hmm. We do not know, and uh, he does. And sometimes he'll bring somebody to us, which doesn't seem to be compatible. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about compatibility, but we talked about <laughs> it once before. And uh, yeah. that can yeah. be a problem as well as an objective. Yes. No,
0: that's so true. Christy, you want to say something? yeah, I know that for me and in, in my moments
2: of loneliness, um, a lot of it has to do with sometimes going through difficult things in my life and having to go through them alone, you know, mm. quote quote alone that I have someone to share the burden of, you know, raising my child or stressful mm-hmm. situations and stuff. And so sometimes it's like I'm like, Lord, why? You know, this is so hard by myself. And, I, and then yeah. I think like it would be easier to have someone to share the burden with because I know, you know, that partnership was how one of the reasons that God created the Institute of Relationship Marriage is. But those are the times when I've had to learn. That when that loneliness creeps in and I start to look at myself like, oh, what's wrong with me? It's my fault. You know, what am I doing wrong? I had to mm-hmm. stop. What is wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And had to be like, okay, Lord, you're supposed to be, you know, my He's the father to the fatherless, husband to the husbandless, and mm-hmm. He's supposed to be that for me. So how do I draw closer to Him instead of looking for outside
0: help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is difficult. I know like for me thinking back, I used to I I would experience envy. Like I would get mad at like all the free stuff that married people just get. <laughs> well when they get married, I was just like, wait.
1: That's not <laughs> I mean, what I think about. <laughs>
0: Really? I don't know. I just thought about this stuff where, you know what it was? I think it was just thinking about all of the, just like the pomp and circumstance around getting married. Like you get things that you need, you get things that you don't need. People just want to shower you with gifts. And I was just like, if this never happens for me, I'm never going to get the free stuff. And I'm not like a like materialistic person, but I felt like at certain points, you know, you just have these horrible moments of realization and you feel <laughs> shut out. I think that's what it is. You feel shut out of the club and you're like, oh, I want to yeah. be part of the club. I want to have the yeah. stuff. I want to say I'm going to marriage counseling too, <laughs> you know, even though it's all a <laughs> hard work, I think there's envy that can be part of that. You know, I know we're laughing now, but I know there's people who are who are listening or right now who are experiencing that where they feel like even in Christian culture, we pay a lot of attention to people who are married and have children and the people who don't, do they get a party yeah. Do, they, do people check in with them? Everybody wants to hear about the kids, right? Show me a picture of your kid, right? What about the people who don't right. have yeah. that? Like people, I think single people definitely have a case to saying that even within our Christian um, culture and communities, we don't tend to pay as much attention to the people who go through certain milestones in life, and they feel neglected. And I know I felt that and I felt a sense of envy, envy at different times, which then I was saying, oh, man, I've got to you know I feel a little desperate here I gotta make sure <laughs> this happens for me because I don't want to be shut out you know and I think people do experience that even if it's a fleeting emotion from time to time so I'm um, I'm the oldest of
2: four mm-hmm. all of my younger siblings are married mm-hmm. and I kept you know hearing that oh when is it your turn yeah <laughs> and sometimes I would reply not so like nicely you know yeah But also, you know, all of my girlfriends are married and they have husbands and like your dynamic, your friendships change. And I remember one time going for a walk with a bunch of girls that were married. Some of them recently married and we were working out or whatever. And somebody, one of the girls said something to me that I used to be close with before she got married. And they said, I just, I just don't feel like I can relate to you anymore because you're not married. And that devastated me. Talk about Mm. isolation. You know, that was so hard. And I have never, since high school, I have not had a boyfriend since high school. I've been out of high school 23 years. Mm. And so... That hurts. It hurts. It it does, you know, it yeah. does. And it's not easy. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, the Lord is my everything. And I don't feel that pain sometimes, you know, but I yeah. had to learn not to focus on it
0: because then it would just swallow me up. Yeah. And that is, a. I think something definitely to consider, you know, as, as believers, right. We don't have to be the same to be there for each other, you know, and oddly enough, it relates to the next question. So I'm going to get to you, Roy, about compatibility. (laughs) Because I think that even in our relationships with other believers in the body, we don't have to be carbon copies of each other to relate to each other, whether it's whatever, like if we're married or we're single or people who are widowed, we, we have Christ in common. But when you think about compatibility, like the searching for a mate and saying, "Well, we need to line up on these things," Roy, what do you think is compatibility—either um, the worldly well, definition or the Christian definition,
3: if you will? Well, I don't. I don't know about definitions. I'm not. Okay. It confuses <laughs> me uh, to talk about one kind of definition or another. I'm not. You have to give me a definition. I'll tell you whether. It makes sense or not but um about compatibility there's uh there's levels of compatibility and I think scripture gives us some very clear guidelines mm. about about some of those um be not unequally yoked with unbelievers is probably the the most basic um, mm. um requirement and it's a scriptural requirement mm. um we I think we've heard stories of people that went against that for various reasons and in some cases it worked out in many cases it did not and that gets into another thing which we can maybe talk about later and that is that the Lord is good and he Mm -hmm. he desires for us to be blessed and encouraged in him and if we get ourselves into a mess uh, his desire is that we he leads us out of the mess and by thereby shows us his goodness and grace Mm. and and that we learn something from that mistake and don't do it again and maybe give others advice too so Mm. uh, you know these are not these are not black and white things but this Mm -hmm. is this one requirement is a very strict guideline Mm. Um, we're going to have problems if we don't Mm-hmm. submit and this really goes back to submitting seeking the lord's will and submitting to what we know mm-hmm. so if we if we violate this particular but, but, uh guideline we're going to be in trouble mm-hmm. almost certainly but then there's other things uh marrying in the lord uh, as mentioned in first uh, corinthians 7 mm-hmm. and that's a little bit more vague so we have to be Before the Lord, about a person who um, uh, has a spiritual character Mm. and desires to serve the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to see eye to eye on every point. Mm. Um, In fact, very often I think the Lord brings, well, well, think about uh, the church group. You know, not everybody in a particular local church will see the same, uh, see the same. verse the same way. In fact, I'm coming up with a post about that subject. So uh, you can look for it later on uh, Mm -hmm. as a blog. But the point is that we need we need a certain amount of discussion and conflict. And I don't mean conflict in the sense of arguing um, bitterly, you know, I mean there has to be a real concern about finding the truth and a willingness to submit our own ideas um, about what scripture means so that others can look at those and say, well, no, I think you're wrong there. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to take that graciously, but Mm -hmm. that's a two way street. We need to be able to tell somebody else that and expect them to Mm -hmm. accept that graciously and, and try and find the, the best, um, Mm -hmm. uh, the best meaning, you know, out of scripture so there's there's that sort of thing, and that comes into into the marriage relationship, or the or the um, or the um, uh, relationship between two people that are I don't know whatever we're going to call it, courting, dating, whatever, or just <laughs> sit, just sitting sitting down at a at a potluck, you know, and talking.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We we need to realize that not everybody's going to agree with us, and mm-hmm. we need to have that before the Lord as to whether or not this is um, going to be a real problem or not. Mm. But I, I think this is just uh, not an easy um, solution, because we're going to talk about a mm-hmm. list. And I know people <laughs> that have made a list of things that they expect in a mate. And I, mm. I'm not sure that's the right way to go, because God has his list, and
1: mm-hmm.
3: we better seek to find that.
0: Yeah. Actually, the list is what I I think I was thinking about when I said the definition of compatibility, because I feel like, well, maybe it's not defined for us in the world, but it's inferred. It's right. We can imply, like, what are the criteria that maybe our secular society is saying? This is what a good person says. This is the criteria I'm inspecting to find somebody versus, I mean, almost a simple right (laughs) commandment from the Lord and relying on him which we know it doesn't how it happens in our lives doesn't feel very simple but um it seems less complex than what the world is offering so Peter or Elisa um what have you kind of what can you infer from what the world is trying to tell us about compatibility either one of you (laughs)
1: At least I wanted to say something like <laughs> oh that I can always ramble but <laughs> but
4: uh, well, what was it that you said earlier about um I don't remember
0: I was talking about the list,
4: the yeah. criteria well there's a, an idea I think with the with the list or with looking for somebody who's compatible, you know where you're actually looking for um someone to just reflect back to you what you want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's, if you're, I think there's a danger of not thinking of the other person as being mm-hmm. another person actually different from mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. That's and, point. yeah. And someone who m- would, you know, knock the rough edges off of you possibly yeah. um, or definitely actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so you don't want to look for somebody who's just, um, sort of made in your own image that would be a sort of an idol Mm. you're you've put up an um an ideal you know sort of a disney character that you're like oh yeah this is my prince Mm. charming or my princess that would be perfect for me like Mm. yeah that's a good point Mm. yeah and we do tend to do that because we often chase our own comfort right
0: right? because no one Mm -hmm. can tell me Oh, these habits are just not really good for our relationship. Can we adjust? What? I don't want to hear that at all. <laughs> so, whatever I write down in my list is going to be what is convenient for me, even though that is so against everything that it means to be a Christian, to be a child of God, right? Because He's transforming us, right? He's, you know, changing us, and we don't get to just say no thank you to that, uh, even in a marriage. I think at least that
1: answers my question. Sorry, Roy, for interrupting. But, I mean, to, to some extent I, I do uh, want someone complimenting me not the mm-hmm. same same is boring but you know if I love hiking and going to the mountain and yeah. she hates hiking and loves the beach it, it does put I mean that's a simple example but it does put stress <laughs> on the relationship when that's what I want and she doesn't want to do what I or I love traveling and she wants to stay at home or vice versa so how is it wrong i feel like this is reasonable
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird well i think a list should be if you keep a list maybe it should be short and it should be flexible and so you might find someone who doesn't enjoy hiking but at least they enjoy going to the beach, you know, for example, as opposed mm-hmm. to staying indoors and only going to the mall or something, which would be unacceptable to you. So, there might be, like, a uh, a compromise, you know, that you can yeah. make. And for, for non-essential things, like this person is, um, you know, born again, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, most things should be at least somewhat open to compromise. I think you should be practical and pragmatic about what it is, that you, like, what sort of life you're you want you want and what sort of personality you have. And so you're right, you do want somebody compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really easy to to get into a sort of a to have a list of non-negotiables that are just not really important things. Yeah. It's funny that
2: Peter that you brought that up because I have a really good friend who is a mountain I call him mountain man. You know, he loves hiking and all that. So he goes off for days in the wilderness, you know, to camp and stuff. And his wife is not necessarily a fan of the mountains she's a beach person he hates the beach but they compromise you know one week they go do a day date, date in the mountains and the next week mm-hmm. he will go with her to the beach so it's you know they they make a middle ground and even though it's neither one of their preferences they both do it to mm-hmm. to meet that their spouse where they are you know or to mm-hmm. participate in their in their life and it's like my parents have been married for 40 43 mm-hmm. years and my, my dad's a homebody. My mom is a social butterfly. What is my, when we go to family get togethers, what does my dad do? He takes his own car so we can leave when he wants <laughs> But so, it my mom happy, you know? Yeah. So it's like, there are, there are little ways I think to get around certain things, you know, there, and I think there are, there are some non-negotiables that you should have as a believer, you know? Mm. Um, but things like your preferences i think you know it's like lord this is what i would like
4: but i also trust you hmm. i trust that you're going to do what's best for me hmm.
0: yeah
4: it's more important to find somebody who's willing to compromise with you than to find somebody who's has all exactly the yeah same preferences.
0: yeah and i think too it comes to wisdom from the lord as well because i think there are it goes back to what roy was saying like really going back to the Lord and hearing his mind, because I think that there are things that we can prefer like the hiking that the Lord may say, I'll give that to you. Or he may say, you need to let that go because that person over there is for you and she doesn't do that, but you'll be okay with doing something different. But I can't say that it's like what Elise said at the beginning with everyone. It's so different because the Lord works He's so wise. He works in such a wondrous way in our individual lives. Something that seems trivial to me may be something that's a gift that God gives to, to someone else. And then for, for a different person who is like, no, you need to be flexible on that. Like, don't overthink that one. And I think it really just goes back to um, I was thinking about the book of Proverbs and um, Proverbs three. I always thought about these verses when I was thinking about college or my major, but it really applies to anything trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, right? Like Mm -hmm. us just diving in and trying to figure out, well, is this thing a non-negotiable or is this thing something that I can work with? That's us trying to control the situation and use our own understanding when we really need to do what verse six says, acknowledge him, the Lord, in all of our ways and he will direct our paths. And verse seven, I love because I struggle with this. I think we all do do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord. And I think that's kind of like when I really want to say, I really want this trait in this person that may be me just being wise in my own eyes. And I have to ask the Lord, like, is that okay for me to just say that's it? Like, this is what I want and that's it. Like I think the Lord will let us know if that's appropriate for us or not.
2: I think when I, when I bring things before him, when, in regards to, you know, (laughs) a life partner, I, I, we always, you know, he tells us to ask in his name, but also his will be done, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say, you know, you know, but I know that he's going to bring me, if, if it's his will to bring somebody into my life, it's going to be what I need, not Mm -hmm. only to compliment me, but to also challenge me so that I can grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important in a, in a, in a spouse is, is, Mm -hmm to encourage you to grow towards the Lord together, you know, not so much focus on certain
0: things. Yeah. I like that you all brought that up because I think, ah, so many times, I don't know. I love going on YouTube, just hearing people talk about relationships. And I feel like once again, the definitions of like, what is a preference versus what is, especially for a Christian, what is a non-negotiable? What's the foundation of our faith and living a godly life and um <clears throat> pursuing the Lord and working for him, sometimes the the lines get blurred. so um, I definitely want to hear from Roy about this next question. What if someone what if two people are talking to each other, two Christians, they're getting to know each other, and then it's discovered that there is a major misalignment in beliefs about Christian living, about I don't know, just life in general. How do we go about? just I don't know putting an end to something like that if if we find that that relationship won't work what is okay to say what's not okay to say
3: well you know experience is the best teacher and um, I've not had that experience okay I have no clue
1: (laughs) no Um, theories it depends how much I I like her Oh,
0: I okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, i was my to work. Some people just ghost people. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I found out something. And sometimes I think this happens amongst Christians because we know that we have to interact with each other going forward. Some people just like stop talking to the other person and you never really know. Like, what was it? Like, is that okay to do?
3: I, think- I wouldn't think so. Oh. Um, I-, I think especially with christian other believers we need to be um gracious but it's still truthful i mean in a Mm -hmm. sense you know you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings Mm -hmm. now i'm like i said i'm talking about something i I really don't know much about but um i mean in relationships i've Mm -hmm. had plenty of arguments about doctrine with with other believers and um that i see peter smiling good yes um hey peter we're gonna have to get together and talk about some things but uh, next time i'm in north carolina <laughs> but in relational things um i'm not sure i think it could be
0: doctrine too you know because i think there could be two people who it seemed like it could work. And then you discover, oh, this person believes something like I do not believe at all. Like, am I okay with, like, is this a fundamental thing where I'm like, we will never be aligned about this? And that affects other aspects of your future life. I don't
3: know. Alisa, you got to say something? That's a really difficult question, actually. Yeah, but Where do you draw one. the line?
0: Yeah.
4: Um, I was just going to say, in relation to how do you broach that topic, uh, I think we should treat others the way that we want to be treated. So if mm-hmm. you don't want to be ghosted or if you would mm-hmm. you know if if there's a a reason why somebody wouldn't want to date you wouldn't I mean you'd want to know at least approximately mm-hmm. what it was like was it because they just decided that they didn't like your personality anymore or was it because they had a disagreement on you know theological mm-hmm. things um it, it's worth I don't know. I would want to know at least mm-hmm. approximately what the what the issue was rather than being ghosted. And I think most people would at least like some kind of heads up. And so yeah, when navigating think, that, you should think, how would I like to be treated in this situation?
1: Mm-hmm. It shows spiritual maturity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And respect. It's, like, ghosting
0: mm-hmm.
2: is such a lack of respect for the other person. You know, I have had that experience um,
0: mm-hmm. with some
2: I met when I lived when I lived on the other side of the country and mm. there was something that was said and it was kind of like, okay, this person is too good to be true. There's gotta be something if everything mm. was just so going so well. And then he made a statement and it was like, I heard the brakes screeching in my head and I was like, Oh man. And so mm. <laughs> I prayed about it. I cried about it for three days and I was like, Lord, no, like this, everything is good except for this, you know? And, and in the end, it was a hard conversation. I think some people, probably most people don't like hard conversations, which is why they do the ghosting to avoid that. Mm. You know, but I yeah. had to say, look, I've really tried to, at first I thought I could be okay with this, but, but in reality, I can't be okay with this. And I feel yeah, I feel like pursuing this would be almost pursuing something with the enemy of my God, and I can't do that.
1: Yeah. and of course yeah. there
2: was a lot of begging and i'll change or whatever and, and it was like no mm. you have to do it for you not for me and this yeah. is just not right it was hard but in the end it was yeah. it was the right thing to do so yeah. i think that's what a lot of people need to learn especially in today's yeah you know, this mm-hmm. society that we're in ghosting is so prevalent it's just like you know it's okay to not appreciate things about you know somebody but to to be respectful and say you know
0: Mm, yeah
2: this is just not going to work and this is why, and Uh
0: yeah Yeah. no I think those are really good points because I do I do sense sometimes um, there's a little bit of an undercurrent in you know in many Christian communities that some people will never have to have this conversation or right that you'll never have to have a conversation with another Christian and say, you know, I don't think we're a match because I think a lot of people are hoping that the first person they connect with is their person. So you never have to worry about that. But what I'm finding as a millennial, and then, you know, I talked to Gen Zers as well, that people, even if you're not officially dating or together or whatever, even when you're getting to know someone, there are moments when you can tell maybe someone else they want to have more of a connection with you and you're realizing the Lord is telling me this is not, this is not for me. Right. And you have to speak up. And I think sometimes the feeling of, well, I just wanted to be one and done. I just wanted to meet one person and be done is why maybe at times Christians don't know how to deal with when it's not hundred percent perfect the first time. And I think those are moments where the Lord does teach us like, how do we speak to each other? And I love what you all said about respect um, and treating others, how we want to be treated where life doesn't always go according to plan, but we still have to follow godly principles you know
4: I think that um, a lot of the these questions are broader than just in within the context of dating if we kind of look underneath at the principle of the matter uh, like respect and there's something that we like to say in our house that you should give someone the dignity of disagreement Mm. but it's respectful like if to just let people know when you disagree with them that Mm -hmm. um, instead of avoiding it or you know, pretending that you agree and then just kind of going away or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, that's true. Like, it's just kind of like a passive aggressive, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I totally get that. Okay. So I know we're talking about, you know, maybe us from the perspective of like, oh, if we discover there's something about someone else that maybe makes us not a match, but what if we have things in our lives or our personalities that may be holding us back from Connecting with a potential mate that we may not be aware of. How do we figure out if that's a possibility? Um, um, because sometimes if I've heard that maybe we can over-spiritualize the process of looking for a mate and we don't consider things like physical attractiveness as much hygiene for some people, right? <laughs> like those kinds of things. <laughs> so what do we say?
1: Here. I think one of the best thing I did is I... I was vulnerable enough to ask someone, say, hey, mm-hmm. I need help. I need some uh, counseling. And I had, you know, a uh, quick discussion or, you know, a phone call with this person. And they pointed out things that I didn't realize. I was like, oh, that's why I do. I skip steps, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I shouldn't do that, you know, in the future. Okay. So, yeah, it's good to have someone. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are lots of godly counseling, godly, wise people in our life that could
0: mm-hmm. encourage
1: us and uh, uh, give us wise advice.
0: Yeah. I did know someone, actually someone on my job, a man who's a Christian, and he said he had a similar situation Where he asked um, another older man at his church, you know, like, is there something like about me that, you know, he asked the man and his wife, like, is there something about me that maybe like is why I'm not making connections and the older man and the wife told him, you know, when you sometimes when you talk to the young ladies at youth group, you interrupt them when they're talking. And some of them probably feel like you don't care what they have to say. You want to be the boss of the conversation. And he had said he never thought about that. He thought he everybody thought he was so smart and that they were just would love what he had to say. And the couple was like, well, maybe she will. But if you interrupt them every time, it means that you don't care what they think. And then he said he really had to pray and he like held back and he said, not that long after he was able to make a connection and and I thought that it's a really practical thing the things that maybe in your family is not a problem like with your parents and your siblings but someone who's not part of your family may say like "Ooh, you know I can't get to know them for this reason and it may just be a little tweak that's not a big deal you have to be able to take
2: constructive criticism
0: (laughs) that's true Yes. Constructive. (laughs) It's not easy, right? Because especially as we're thinking about this whole marriage thing, we're vulnerable. So who wants to hear, oh, maybe you should change this a little bit about yourself. Like nobody wants to hear that, you know, you know, so it's, it is, it can be really awkward at times, Um, but we can persevere. (laughs) (laughs) So Roy, I know you are, you were talking a bit about this list and I know we talked about it A little bit. Um, What do you think about people having a really specific list that they pray over? Because I think we do hear some Christian influencers, so-called books have been written about it, about having a list and praying about it and checking it
3: off one by one,
0: you know, like Christmas.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we kind of mentioned uh, already that uh, there is a, a basic list. Um, um, we should certainly uh, search our own heart to make sure we are before the Lord. And you mentioned it uh, with regard to Proverbs. So the general spirituality of um, of ourselves and you know our own self judgment and so on has to be um, a top item on the list, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then similarly for the other person. Um, look for a person who is open and honest in their spiritual relationships with God Mm -hmm. and devoted uh, Mm -hmm. to the Lord and this will show up Um, I think we do need to be careful about overthinking some of these things Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to be before the Lord about what we should look for and how we should evaluate what we look for because we can make serious mistakes in how we perceive other people. Mm. So we need to be, be humble enough to realize that. Now I, I know somebody who went into the old Testament scriptures and they looked at um, uh, Rebecca, I think it was who married Isaac. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, they looked at the, you know, while well, she was a shepherd and she has carried water and blah, 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 went along all these lists. And he made, Corresponding qualifications, the attributes. That, yeah, uh, on, on a, uh, a list of attributes, mm-hmm. and he thought that was a spiritual thing to do. After all, he derived these from from uh, the scripture, but uh, the problem is that uh, you don't always know how to evaluate you know, Hmm. what these things are, you know, what, what is the equivalence of being a shepherdess actually? So, um, so. Must one be
0: a Sunday school teacher?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not.
0: How do we quantify that? Right. Yeah. Right.
3: So Mm -hmm. it really goes back to something you said before um, that we should uh, trust in the Lord Mm. uh, with all our hearts and if if the trust if the trust is really in the lord he's going to bring people together who are properly made for each other mm-hmm. not somebody that we perceive as being like us like we've already discussed necessarily mm-hmm. but someone who is truly uh desires to serve the lord but mm-hmm. that may you know that may entail differences that we need to learn to deal with you know if a person really wants to serve their lord they're going to have certain ideas about what that means Mm. and so this 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 may go against the particular list that you've gotten if you've made it too Mm. uh, specific or too much dependent upon physical or mental attributes or Mm. personality attributes that you've perceived should be proper I have kind of rambled a bit, but uh this list businesses. I follow you. <laughs> the list the list businesses is just something that that I think is uh, generally not a good idea.
0: I always like to end you know our podcast episodes with thinking about like what's next. And I always it always pops into my head like we have to first start with prayer. Um, because we do know we're living in a society where there are It seems like there are less Christians, so maybe people feel like there are less options for them. It's harder to find another Christian who's on the same page spiritually, right, in terms of maybe theology, many other things, right? Um, Also, too, we live in a society where, you know, we may have people who are Christians, but there's some people who may want to you know, be a little bit more dedicated. Some people, maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe some people on the fence and people are saying, well, how am I supposed to know <laughs> who is the right person to connect myself with? So in terms of prayer, um, Peter, what do you think can be some first steps to just
1: grappling with all of this as before the Lord? I think uh, the first thing I would say, pray for contentment, to be content. Um, with what the Lord gave you right now. Uh, Sometimes we, like we talked about it, like sometimes, yes, it it is important and it's a different status when you get in a relationship and emotion is strong. It's not something, the Lord made it like this, Um, but the Lord, you can live and thrive right now and the Lord will bless you, um, mm-hmm. even though you're not married. So that's probably, I would say, the first thing we should mm-hmm. we should think of.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Alisa. How do we start to pray about this? <laughs>
4: um, yeah. Well, I I agree with um what Peter said, and it it sort of reminds me of what we were talking about earlier about um. Sort of uh, how we sometimes leave behind the the single people as if they're not really full fledged people yet <laughs> or something, mm. um, which is really backwards if you think about Christianity. <laughs> I mean, Jesus was not married, Paul was not married, you know. Like, and he talks a lot about singleness um, very highly, and so there's this idea of sort of, that we ought to progress into marriage is seems to me to be a, a, a post-New Testament sort of view of Christianity. And so, um, I know this isn't exactly prayer, but I think, you know, as far as, like, getting into the mindset of what it mm-hmm. is that you want to pray for and um, what your focus is on, you know, I think thinking about who we are in Christ, really, um, mm-hmm. and not just, uh, what our trajectory and our Christian walk according to our culture, um, uh, seem, you know, seems like it ought to be, but, um, when we have that kind of focus, then it's, I think then, then we can, we know how to pray, you know, then we, and mm-hmm. in fact, we can pray for that focus. We can start with that, you know, Lord, mm-hmm. teach me, Um, to understand my situation and the way that the world works from your perspective, not from my culture's perspective. Yeah.
3: That's
0: really good. Krista, how can we start to pray about this?
2: Uh, I think, you know, going in in line with what Elisa and um, Peter said is once for like, I remember saying, Lord, help me to be content living, being loved by you alone. Mm-hmm. And once that contentment comes, and I think when he is, cause he's supposed to be our, you know, our everything, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that being content does takes away the desire to have a partner. It doesn't mean like, okay, I'm just, I'm content with my single life. So I don't ever need anybody, you know, but I think once we learn to live with that contentment and in the season that he's placed us in, um, then we can start praying for his, his, direction and how we interact with people, you know, and, and um, maybe building relationships with married couples who have um, a good solid foundation, spending time mm-hmm. with them, you know, and, and not to expect anything, you know, other than just to learn because, you know, mm-hmm. I pray that I am going to be the the wife that whoever he is will need, you know, not praying hmm. him to come find me, but to be the person that he needs when the Lord feels, if the Lord sees fit to bring him to me before we go home, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, and I'm hearing like, in what you're saying Krista is really just getting before the Lord and uh, being transparent. I mean, we know he sees everything, but sometimes okay. we have a hard time being honest with the Lord. And, and I think about people who, who are single and maybe they've been waiting for a while and they just kind of feel frustrated with the process. And and so often our self-esteem is wrapped up in this, you know, sometimes people in the world are like, well, you serve God. Like you haven't found someone yet. And the devil can point his finger at us in that way. We may feel these really heavy emotions, but, um, you know, I just think about the scriptures that talk about rolling our burden on the Lord and casting our cares on him and just telling the Lord, like Lord, I want this for good reasons, right? Whatever, um, you know, the relationship um, would be and that you just tell him, tell him what's on our heart. And even if it's not quite right, what we say, even in speaking to the Lord, he corrects us lovingly. He shows us where if we are out of step with him, if we are overvaluing this list that we've been talking about. (laughs) Maybe our standards are too worldly. We don't realize that the Lord will lovingly correct us, but we do need to just be honest before the Lord and say like, Lord, this is a struggle. This is not easy for me. I need you. I don't know why this isn't happening for me. It's not fair, you know, because the enemy, he's busy. He will let you see every like wedding ad ad (laughs) known to man. And I think it's okay
2: to you know, be like, Lord, my heart, I'm really struggling with this right now. Like, like, it's okay. And I think it is important to be vulnerable and honest, you know, and also to find somebody in your life, you know, like Peter said, he got vulnerable with somebody and requested help and prayer. And I have, I have a friend who, who knows my struggle and, you know, she was a a single, she was married and then divorced and was a single mom for quite a few years. And then Mm -hmm. she got married again and and then 6 years after they found each other he went home to be with the lord mm-hmm. and i i would randomly text her and i'd be like how do you deal with the loneliness like how did you do it you know and and when i would reach out to her you know i think it's important for for people to understand that you're not alone in this journey there are so many people and it's important to reach out it doesn't mean that you're admitting defeat or failure or whatever, it's important to reach out and, you know, let someone in your life that you trust know, like, Hey, I'm really struggling. Can you please pray for me? And, you know, it's, those are, those are
0: important. Yeah, Amen. Well, thank you so much, Peter, Roy, Elisa, and Krista for everything that you said in this discussion. I recently listened to a podcast about a similar topic we just talked about, and the host is a believer and he said something that's worth repeating. God is not running out of blessings. And um, just to come back to that sure foundation, whatever that blessing looks like, right? But The Lord has us in his hand and we are his children and he loves us. And I know we're all in search of more answers and more clarity um, in this Christian journey. And there will not be a day that goes by when the enemy isn't attacking us um, and he's questioning us on what we know from God's word. And so often we go through times in our lives where we are really pressed to say, What do I really believe? So my reminder to all our listeners out there is to just keep digging into God's word and to keep praying. We hope that this discussion made you think, gave you some answers and maybe piqued your interest so you dig deeper into the topic. We definitely have um, a blog series by um, Elise Casimir about marriage God's ways. You should check that out on the website. Ultimately, our goal at Patterns of Truth is to start conversations, stimulate curiosity and engage our critical thinking. What's the point? We want to grow closer to the Lord. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, we'll see you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the Patterns of Truth podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode, and we also encourage you to check out patternsoftruth.org, where we post articles every week for the encouragement and growth of Christ followers. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to submit them on our website on Peter. Until next time.